0: Thank you for listening to The Ridge Podcast. Today's message is by senior pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Ridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a couple of our four-year-old classes in our fantastic Crossridge Preschool Academy, and I was sharing with them about being a pastor Uh, they were learning about how a shepherd cares and leads uh, his sheep. And so I was sharing with them about how a pastor cares and leads his church family. And so they were asking me questions about being a pastor. And I was uh, answering those questions. And then out of the blue, one little girl uh, raised her hand and said, Did Jesus really die on the cross? And I said, Yes, he did. And I said, And after Jesus died on the cross, where did they put him? And everybody in the class screamed, the tomb. And I said, yes, that's right. And I said, after they put him in the tomb, what happened on the third day? And it was silence. And then, after a few seconds of silence, one little girl screamed out, He got alive! (laughs) We celebrate Jesus got alive today and every day. Jesus is alive, He is risen. Darkness on Friday turned to light on Sunday. Despair on Friday turned to hope on Sunday. Fear on Friday turned to faith on Sunday. Sorrow on Friday turned to singing on Sunday. Death on Friday turned to life on Sunday. Defeat on Friday turned into victory on Sunday. A funeral on Friday turned into a party on Sunday because Jesus is alive. He is risen. Say that with me out loud. Jesus is alive. He is risen. One more time. Jesus is alive. He is risen. We don't believe in a dead man. We believe in the risen Savior. We don't follow a dead man. We follow the risen Savior. We don't pray to a dead man. We pray to the risen Savior. We don't trust in a dead man. We trust in the risen Savior. We don't worship a dead man we worship the risen Savior. We don't have a relationship with a dead man. We have a relationship with the risen Savior, King Jesus. The gospel is the good news that we who were separated from God by our sin against God can be made right with God. Jesus opens up the way for us to receive forgiveness of sins and to enter into a relationship with God by God's grace through our faith and trust in Jesus. Jesus came to this earth years and years ago in obedience to God's plan for his life. Jesus lived a perfect life. He was tempted in every way as we are tempted day by day And yet he never sinned. Jesus died on the cross in our place, paying the price for our sins with his blood, his perfect blood that he shed on the cross for us. He was buried in the tomb. And on the third day, Jesus rose again by the power of God, walked out of the tomb alive, victorious over sin, Satan, and death. The tomb is empty because Jesus is alive. Our faith in Jesus is built on the resurrection of Jesus. Let me say that again. Our faith in Jesus is built on the resurrection of Jesus. Christianity rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It rises and it falls on this central point of the resurrection of Jesus, the late Oxford historian, Thomas Arnold. He wrote, I have been used for many years to study histories of other times and to examine and weigh the evidence of those who have written about them. And I know of no one fact in the history of mankind which is better proved by fuller evidence than the great sign God has given as that Christ died and rose again from the dead. The late great preacher Charles Spurgeon. He said, The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is one of the best attested facts on record. There were so many witnesses to behold it that if we do in the least degree receive the credibility of men's testimonies, we cannot and we dare not doubt that Jesus rose from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus is a fact better attested than any event recorded in any history whether ancient or modern. Luke, the gospel writer, the author of the book of Acts, also shared with us in Acts chapter 1, he said after he had suffered and died, Jesus presented himself alive. Say alive. Alive. He presented himself alive to his disciples and followers by many convincing proofs. Over a period of 40 days, as he taught about the kingdom of God to his disciples and followers. The evidence for the resurrection of Jesus is overwhelming. The resurrection of Jesus is a fact. It is not a fairy tale. And I want us to spend the next few moments together... Taking another look at this brilliant, this fantastic, this amazing account of the resurrection of King Jesus. If you have your scriptures with you, and I hope you do, open them to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. We're going to take a look at the resurrection of Jesus through the lens of Matthew this morning, and we're going to read his account of the resurrection of King Jesus, Matthew chapter 28, and I'll begin reading in verse 1. Matthew wrote these words, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like a lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. What a way for the Marys to start their Sunday morning. I mean, are you kidding me? The Marys were headed to the tomb. They expected to see the body of Jesus. Instead, they survived an earthquake, they met an angel, They talked with an angel of the Lord. They heard the angel said, he is not here, he is risen. They saw the empty tomb, and as they were going to tell the disciples about the resurrected Jesus, they met the risen Jesus and worshiped him. That is what you call a great start to your week. And so we have the opportunity to have a similar great start to our day, great start to our week together this morning as we look once again at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want us to just identify a few points from this account that will help us, uh, that will bless us, and that will allow us to bask once again today and this week in the glory of the resurrection of God's Son, our Savior, King Jesus. So let's look at the first point. The first point that we see here in this passage, and we know from the context of the Scriptures at large, is the New Testament announced the resurrection of Jesus. The New Testament announced the resurrection. The angel said, He is not here. He has risen. We also know that Each of the gospel authors, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, wrote about the reality of the resurrection of Jesus in their gospel accounts. They wrote to different audiences with different styles and with different points of view and points to emphasize, but they all said... The same thing when it came to the resurrection. They all said, he is not here, he is risen. Peter also knew the resurrection was real. Peter saw the risen Jesus. Peter ate with the risen Jesus. He talked with the risen Jesus. Peter was encouraged by the risen Jesus. And we know Peter later said in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Paul knew the resurrection was real. Paul saw the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus which was where he believed in Jesus and placed his faith in Jesus. And Paul later wrote to the believers of the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you want to jot this passage down, beginning in verse 3, Paul wrote these words, For I passed on to you as most important, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Paul affirmed Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus rose again on the third day. Paul affirmed that Peter and the disciples saw the risen Jesus. Paul later affirmed that over 500 followers of Jesus saw the risen Jesus. It's interesting to note, real quick, that Paul wrote these words that we read today in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about 20 years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Only about 20 years had passed. And Paul shared in chapter 15 that many of the over 500 eyewitnesses, believers, followers of Jesus, who saw the risen Jesus were still alive at the time of his writing. Those who saw the risen Jesus were sharing about the risen Jesus. There were far, far too many eyewitnesses to the risen Jesus to allow Paul or any of the other gospel authors to get that wrong. There were many of them who were still alive, which means they could have verified everything the gospel writers were writing, and they could have corrected anything that may have been wrong. The time frame of the eyewitnesses to the resurrection And the writings about the resurrection underscores, emphasizes the validity and the reliability of the resurrection. Many knew and saw the risen Savior Jesus. The New Testament announced the resurrection. The Old Testament, the second point is the Old Testament pointed to the resurrection. The Old Testament writers, the prophets, they pointed to the resurrection years and years before the resurrection happened. We see this testified in the New Testament. As the New Testament writers were writing about and referencing the Old Testament prophets in regards to explaining the resurrection of Jesus. One of these Old Testament prophets was Isaiah. And Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, wrote in Isaiah 53 in verses five and six, but he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all, we see here that Isaiah was speaking about the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah, of Jesus, that was to come hundreds of years before he came, and the forgiveness of sins that his death, burial, and resurrection would provide for us. Jesus himself used the Old Testament scriptures during his ministry on earth and luke told us in his gospel account of a specific time after the resurrection when jesus used the old testament scriptures to explain his resurrection to the two disciples that were walking along the road to emmaus and jesus joined them and they began to have this discussion with one another And the two disciples were blinded to the reality that this was the risen Jesus talking with them. And Jesus, as they walked along the road, he went back to the Old Testament. And he referenced the Old Testament scriptures in explaining to these two disciples that the resurrection of Jesus had to happen, was predicted to happen, and actually did happen. And when he opened their eyes and when they realized they were talking to the risen Jesus, they immediately went to find the disciples to tell them about the risen Jesus. And so the New Testament announced the resurrection. The Old Testament pointed to the resurrection. Third point we see is that Jesus predicted his resurrection. Jesus predicted his resurrection. It's amazing when you stop and think about it. We see that Paul shared in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he shared that Christ died according to the scriptures. He was buried, that he was raised according to the scriptures. And so he was referencing the Old Testament scriptures. And now we look. And we see that Jesus predicted his resurrection in Matthew 28. In Matthew chapter 28, Matthew recorded and shared with us about the resurrection. And in verse 6, Matthew said this the angel was speaking, He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Say that with me out loud. Just as he said. One more time. Just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Just as he said. That's a key phrase. In verse 6, just as he said, points us to the reality that Jesus told his disciples on three different occasions about his death, burial, and resurrection before his death, burial, and resurrection. Matthew wrote about the third time in chapter 20, if you want to turn to your left, Matthew chapter 20, I'll give you a minute just to turn there, Matthew chapter 20, beginning in verse 17, we find the third occasion where Jesus meets with his disciples and he tells them about his impending death, burial, and resurrection before it actually happened Beginning in verse 17, while going up to Jerusalem, Jesus took the 12 disciples aside privately and said to them on the way, see, we are going up to Jerusalem. Again, Jerusalem's located in the mountains in the southern part of Israel, so they literally were going up. They were walking up, climbing up to Jerusalem. So we're going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised. And so we see clearly Jesus was not afraid of what was ahead. Jesus was not confused by what was ahead. Jesus wasn't stressed out about what was ahead. Jesus wasn't surprised by what was ahead. Jesus wasn't upset about what was ahead. Jesus lovingly, obediently, willingly laid down his life for us. Jesus came to this earth on a rescue mission. He came to this earth with purpose to give his life as a ransom for many. And everything Jesus said would happen, happened. Everything he said would happen, happened as he shared with his disciples. A fourth point we see as we continue reading in Matthew's account is people responded to the resurrection, and we see different responses to the resurrection uh, as the news started to spread. Some denied it. Some denied the resurrection. The Sadducees, in particular, denied the resurrection. In Matthew chapter 22, we learn a little bit about the Sadducees. In verse 23, Matthew shared that same day some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection. The Sadducees say there is no resurrection came up to Jesus and questioned him. The Sadducees were the aristocratic, wealthy party of the Jews. They were the party that was in charge of the temple in Jerusalem. They opposed Jesus. They opposed the resurrection of Jesus because they didn't believe in life after death. As many have joked and said, that's why they were sad, you see. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They tried to deny it. Some dismissed the resurrection. The chief priests, the religious leaders of the day, they dismissed the resurrection. We see, as Matthew continues writing in verse 11 of chapter 28, we pick back up in verse 11, as they were on their way, the ladies to go and tell the disciples, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened in regards to the resurrection. After the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and told them, say this, his disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. If this reaches the governor's ears, we will deal with him and keep you out of trouble. They took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. The chief priests and elders, the religious leaders, they attempted to dismiss the resurrection with a lie. They accused the disciples of being grave robbers. They accused the disciples of coming during the darkness of night while everyone was sleeping and stealing the body. Of Jesus out of the tomb, and they paid these soldiers, which I find very ironic and humorous. They paid these soldiers and told these soldiers to share this story about how the disciples stole the body of Jesus, and to share that with everyone. When in fact, as they shared that with everyone, they were indicting themselves because, as soldiers, they were the ones responsible for staying up and not allowing the disciples to come and steal the body. And so, it was quite humorous that the chief priest said, "If it." Reached the governor's ears will keep you out of trouble there's no way they would have kept him out of trouble they set him up from the jump knowing that if it reached the governor's ears those soldiers were going to be the first ones pushed under the bus they tried to dismiss the resurrection some doubted the resurrection we know scripture tells us that that some doubted the resurrection. Continuing in verse 16, Matthew wrote, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped. Now that would be a great ending to that verse, but it doesn't end there. But some doubted. Some of the disciples, Thomas in particular, and some of the followers of Jesus doubted The resurrection of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all shared about how some of the disciples and followers of Jesus doubted the resurrection of Jesus. Again, let me just encourage you, as a follower of Jesus, this simple verse in this passage as is the case in many of the verses throughout God's Word, but in this verse in particular, what do we see here? We see the honesty of the authors of Scripture. The honesty of the authors of Scripture highlights the trustworthiness of the Scriptures. The authors of Scripture did not try to hide unflattering information about the disciples. They didn't do that. They didn't try to make a cover-up to protect folks. They were honest as they wrote about what was going on, the faults, the failures, the difficulties, the missteps, which all continues to support the trustworthiness of the Scriptures. And then we know that some didn't understand the resurrection. The disciples, in particular, didn't understand the resurrection at first, they struggled to grasp how the suffering and death of Jesus could end up being good for them and part of God's plan for Jesus. The disciples didn't understand the meaning of the resurrection of Jesus until after the resurrection of Jesus when everything started to become clear. And I think we could all agree and attest, and there may be some in here that would fall into one of these categories. People today respond to the resurrection of Jesus in similar ways that people did years and years ago. People today deny the resurrection of Jesus, saying no, it didn't happen. People today dismiss the resurrection of Jesus. There are many people today who doubt the resurrection of Jesus. They struggle to grasp this death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. There are people today who don't understand the resurrection of Jesus. They may have heard a little bit about it, but they've not heard enough, and they've not yet come to that understanding of, of, of how important The resurrection is to our lives yesterday, today, and for eternity, which all highlights for us the importance of the fifth point. And the fifth point is we must proclaim the resurrection. The angel of the Lord declared the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. The two Marys declared the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. Peter declared the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. Paul declared the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. The disciples declared the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. We need to declare the good news of the resurrection of Jesus today. As followers of Jesus Christ, as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we need to declare the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A third grade elementary school teacher was talking with one of the little girls in her class, and and this teacher happened to be an agnostic, and she knew this little girl uh, was a believer in Jesus, and so she asked the little girl, and she was talking with her, and she said, "Uh, you do know that there have been many throughout history Who have claimed to be God. How do you know who told the truth? And the little girl said without hesitation, I believe in the one who was raised from the dead. And we know and understand today, King Jesus is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Jesus said he would rise again. And then he did. And we are now called to go and tell others the good news that Jesus is alive. Why is the resurrection so important? Why is the resurrection of Jesus more than likely, without question, the topic of just about every sermon in some form or fashion on Easter weekend, this weekend. Why is the resurrection such a big deal? It's real simple. If there is no resurrection of Jesus, there is no relationship with Jesus. If there is no resurrection of Jesus, there's no relationship with Jesus. Without the resurrection, we have No way to get to God. You see, we understand that the only requirement that we have to meet in order to have a relationship with God is to be perfect. God is perfect and holy, and I think everyone would agree on that point. And so in order to have a relationship with a perfect and holy God, the one requirement is we have to be perfect and holy. And we are well aware that we have... Failed to meet that requirement. The Bible tells us for all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have Fallen short. We have missed God's mark of holiness and perfection. We have all turned away from God and sin against God. There is none of us righteous, no, not one. We have all said, thought, done, and desired things that are against God and the truth of His Word. We have turned away from Him in sin and selfishness. And our sin against God separates us from God. And there is nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own. There's not enough good works that we can do to get. Get rid of our sin and get to God on our own because no matter how good the good works are, and good works are good works, the standard is not good, the standard is perfection. The standard is not good, the standard is holiness. And so we understand and know, therefore, that we're in trouble, we're in a desperate spot, we need help, we need someone who can take away our sin from us. We need someone who can remove our sin. We need someone who can bring us to God because we can't get to him on our own. There's nothing we can do or say that would allow us to get to God on our own. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus is the Savior. Jesus came to this earth years ago in obedience to God, his father's plan for him. Jesus came to this earth years ago on a rescue mission to save us from our sins. Jesus came to this earth years ago because of his love for you and for me. Jesus came to this earth years ago to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus came to this earth years ago to meet God's requirement for a perfect sacrifice to be made so that we who are imperfect and unholy could be made right with a perfect and holy God through the perfect and holy sacrifice of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived a perfect life. He was tempted in every way that we are tempted today, but he never sinned. He died on the cross in our place, paying the price for our sins. He shed his blood for you and for me. He was buried in the tomb, and on the third day, he rose again by the power of God. He walked out of that tomb alive, victorious over sin and death for you and for me. Therefore, we know today that Jesus is the one, he is the only one who is authorized to be able to say, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father. Except through me. And no one literally means no one comes to the Father except through the Son Jesus. We're able to enter a relationship with God the Father through faith and trust in God the Son Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection for our sins. John, writing about this, said, Yet to all who received him, he gave them the right to become children of God, to those who believed in his name. Luke says, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus. Paul said that if we confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our hearts, God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Paul said that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. He said that God made him who had no sin, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us so that in him, by faith and trust in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. We have new life, abundant life, eternal life with God by faith in Jesus. This is why the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is so very important for you and for me and for everyone today. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus reminds us that life is a lot, reminds us that this world is unfair. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus reminds us that this world is broken. It does not work currently the way God designed it to work in the beginning. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus reminds us that we are broken that we are deeply broken by sin, by our selfishness. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus reminds us that life's not always going to work out the way we want. It reminds us that things aren't always going to make sense. It reminds us there are going to be times in our lives that we're not going to understand. There are going to be times in our lives that create doubt in us. There's going to be times in our lives where we want to deny what's happening to us. There's going to be times in our lives where we try to dismiss what's going on. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus reminds us as well that we all have a singular need. Every one of us has a singular need. Every one of us has the same singular need. Every one of us has the same greatest singular need, and that need is forgiveness of sin. And the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus reminds us that we have a Savior who loves us. That we have a Savior who sacrificed His love for His life for us. That we have a Savior who took our place on the cross and paid our price for sin. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus reminds us that our Savior lives today, and because He lives, we can face tomorrow because he lives we know all fear is gone because he lives we have an opportunity to live today abundantly and eternally with our father in heaven through our faith and trust in him you see the death burial and resurrection of jesus reminds us that we can live in victory and not defeat through our faith and trust in jesus and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus also calls us to a decision. Calls us to make a decision about Jesus. How will we respond to Jesus? I would encourage you let's rejoice in Jesus. Let's continue to trust in Jesus when nothing else makes sense, when everything else is weighing down on us. We can and we must trust in Jesus. Let's tell others about Jesus, the risen and exalted Savior, but let's also make sure that we believe in and receive Jesus by faith. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time of response, and I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord this morning. Our prayer partners will be standing here at the front. If you want to come and you've got a burden, a care, a need, that you want someone to pray with you, to pray over you about, they would love to pray for you. Life's heavy, life's difficult, and we're able to make our way day by day through our faith and trust in Jesus at times by leaning on the Savior, but also leaning on our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Having them pray with us and pray for us. The altar is open as it always is. You want to come and grab a brother or sister by the hand, a husband, wife, and just come and, and praise God for the blessings that he has given you in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you. To do just that. Maybe God's calling you to go and encourage and minister to a brother or sister, to pray with them, to pray for them. Let's not hesitate to respond in obedience to the Father, but I want to also encourage you to believe in and receive God's gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus this morning. A relationship with God is possible through faith in the Son of God, our Savior, Jesus. It happens as you acknowledge that, that you're a sinner, that you have, in fact, fallen short of God's mark of perfection, that you've turned away from God and sin and selfishness. You acknowledge that to God the Father. You agree with Him. You then believe that Jesus is the Savior. You, you believe that Jesus took your place on the cross, that He paid your price for sin. You believe in the, accordance with the scriptures that we have shared and as the Holy Spirit is working in your life, you believe and understand, yes, I, I believe Jesus died on the cross in my place. See, I believe he was buried in the tomb. I believe he shed his blood for me and I believe he rose again on the third day and he's alive today and wants a relationship with me and I believe he's the only way for me to enter into a relationship with you, God. And then you just simply confess your sins to God. You repent of your sins. Repentance just simply means turning from living your way and you turn and begin to live God's way by God's power at work in you for his glory. And you just simply confess your sins to God and receive his gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus, trusting in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for your salvation in accordance with the truth of God's word know that God will save you. This very morning, in these moments, prayer doesn't save any of us, God saves us. As we cry out to him through prayer, he knows us, he hears our prayers, and he saves us by his grace through our response of faith in Jesus. Listen, we would love to celebrate new life in Jesus with you today. If you prayed to receive Christ, if you want Someone to help introduce you to Jesus. We'd love to do that. We'll be standing here at the front. Let's stand and let's respond in obedience to God together this morning.